This is the Mark Larson State Farm Insurance Coaches Show. Live at the Goat Sports Bar on Northern Colorado's Voice. 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. Here's Jerry Shamal. Hey folks, welcome to another edition of UNC Coaches Show here at the Goat Sports Bar in Greeley. It is brought to you by Mark Larson State Farm Insurance. And Mark is on hand tonight. He has skipped a couple of times this year. Had good excuses for that, family excuses, but he's back tonight chowing down over there, having a beer. And I'm with now Kristen Matteo, who is the women's coach at uh, UNC. And i got to ask you about your Christmas first. All right, tell me about your Christmas. It was a good Christmas. Was I was in Tennessee. That's where my family lives, mm-hmm. most of my family just outside of Nashville, Tennessee, for about two and a half days. Um, I'm Italian. We, we have Christmas Eve, one big Italian meal. So nice. I was in charge of a little cooking. Uh, I, I did that with some brothers, and it, it was good. It was a good meal. That's interesting. My son-in-law is Italian, and they do the same thing. Christmas Eve, big, big dinner, all kinds of stuff. Everybody's got an assignment. Mm-hmm. What was yours this year? Well, we actually just went very traditional and made spaghetti and lasagna and just some of the basic things. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean – my job was to be in the kitchen and put it all together. Nice. So, and we actually did that with our team too. We had a big team huh. Christmas party, and we decided to go Italian this year too. So I was ready to roll into Tennessee, nice. feeling good about my Italian I, cooking. I, I asked my son-in-law, "Do you ever get tired of Italian food?" He's no, never do. How about you? I, I do. We do, do it every Sunday, so I'm okay. different. I just don't eat as much pasta now yeah. when I'm yeah. older. I hear you. All right, how was that dinner with the gang with the, with the girls? With our team, it was yeah. good. Was we kind of had the. What do you call it? White elephant Christmas exchange gifts. Played a little bit of games. Um, I I think they just like good home cooked. Yeah, for sure. So it, it was great to be around them. Yeah. What What was your schedule? You guys obviously gave the girls some time off, right, for Christmas to go home. Our players had four days off. Okay. Now we had some caught in some flight delays, so yeah. some actually spent a day in Orlando, Florida, shopping. They were Christmas shopping <laughs> before they got back to Denver. Oh. We had a group of six or seven, but they had four days off to be with their family. We all got back on the 26th, so all of our players did at least. Um, and, and then literally we had a couple of days to prep for this conference schedule. That was the last couple of days, Thursday, Saturday. Is that good for a team, you think, Coach, is to, to, get, to get that four days off? Or would you rather have them there and practicing and see them and all that? No, no, no. We, they need to have time yeah. off. They need to have time off with their families. Um, I think that's a critical piece of your college experience it is it's tough when you're in season to find balance. Mm-hmm. So those little moments, you know, I ha- and we have a lot of youth on our team. Mm-hmm. So I had a freshman tell me the other day they thought they were not home for Christmas. So I was like, no, 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 you're going to be home for Christmas. You just aren't Black Friday shopping and doing all that stuff with your family that you're used to. So it's critical. It, and at the end of a semester, sometimes you just want to sit on mom and dad's couch. Yeah. You know, you just want the food in the fridge and, and mom asking you, what can I cook for you when you get home? So those moments I remember, you know, and, and we want our players to have that time too. Have you found that after that Christmas break where the team gets some days off, aren't they kind of raring to get back at it when they come back after Christmas? I, yes and no. Really? I, I think it's yes. Mixed, huh? It's like they're ready to be back, but then also now it's getting them back on a routine. Yeah. They've just had several days off, and they're – eating home-cooked food and doing all kinds of things. So now it's like you're kind of getting them back refocused on 
you know, just kind of this intensity level that you have in your practices and things like that. But they've been great. They've been a great group, and right now there's no classes. So, you know, we get to spend a lot of time with them, and they don't have to worry about the academic side, and it's kind of like they're professional athletes. If I was playing for you, you wouldn't be happy because I'd come back about 10 pounds heavier. (laughs) We had a freshman do that one year. Did you really? And she actually – we were having a team meal, and she was like, I gained 10 pounds over – and she had seven days off. So she was actually an Australian, and her family came in, and, you know, they – they enjoyed themselves that's wow. what i can say <laughs> that, that's a lot of food isn't it For i don't one know how week it was done. 10 pounds I, I don't know hopefully it was just food but i, I don't know what was <laughs> what was being consumed to get to that oh. point uh the the travel for the girls some of them got delayed i know the southwest all that stuff all those uh, had so many problems any horror stories that way everybody kind of come through well I, most of our players i was actually three hours from my family because we played in alabama so yeah. i had the easiest you know, but we were up till one and two in the morning trying to get the flights figured out and making sure. And that was really important to me because they only got four days off, which is really not any time. I would have loved five days would have been great. But so just making sure we could get them on those flights and repurchasing things just to get them, you know, so some only had the three or two and a half days with their family. So, yeah, it was a little bit of work to do, but I think they're all, you know, it was all of our Colorado kids too. So I would say, the blessing is maybe they see their families a little bit more yeah gotcha um we can talk about your team and your schedule and and what's been going on with your team in the next segment but i don't get to talk to you that often so i'd like to ask you these personal things um uh you for you obviously a basketball fan or you wouldn't be coaching basketball but you have another sport that besides basketball what would be I'll, i'll flip this game on on tv Oh, on TV? Yeah. So I like all the non-traditional sports. Like I have a ping pong table at my house. Nice. Um, But if it's TV, like football games have been on. Yeah. um, And I'll watch volleyball as volleyball was going through their championship uh, season. I really like any kind of sport. There's not a lot of sports I don't like. Um, Soccer, I will watch. Soccer probably not as much because it's not as high scoring. So I kind of like the more high scoring um, sports. But I like any sport. I think there's just a teaching opportunity through it i mean you just see that they are masters at their craft um and then like i said i like the non-traditional like i will watch tennis because on tv because i think it's just crazy how what they're doing i'll bet you like the olympics then because it's not yeah oh yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. you'll sit down and watch olympics on tv i love the olympics i love the olympics if you could just take off of work do you ever do you ever sit down and watch a basketball game college wnba nba whatever and, and and go and kind of think along with the coach I can't watch a game without seeing it through that. Really? I struggle just to watch it through the lens of a fan. Uh. I'm always looking. But I, you know, the learner inside of you, you're always trying to get in the mind of the coach or any late game situation. You know, I'll make sure don't don't leave the couch for a second so you can see how did they line up just to inbound the basketball or little things like that to me are very intriguing and maybe just because I'm a coach, but I study all of that i bet you can appreciate this bud black who's a manager of the rockies was telling me when he left the padres he did a little bit of broadcasting not not a full-time gig at all but he found himself on the air managing the game so he was two and three innings ahead of everybody else and it drove his partner the play-by-play guy crazy because he's, he's like you know what? no you got to be in the moment you can't be three innings ahead you can appreciate that right yeah and you do try to coach other teams you, i try to see what the other coach is thinking or is it a two for i mean you, there's so many things you can do in any sporting event and so i think that's yeah that is the strategy or you see the opposite where somebody lost their mind or that is a situation and maybe they didn't make a great decision and you're thinking 
you know, why did they just do that? Yeah. There was more time to, you know, whatever it may be. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I like to do it that way, though. Yeah. So I actually brings me joy uh, to study that. Do you have uh, – I, I may have asked you this before, Kristen, but do you have a coach that's, that's sort of – not necessarily the mentor that took you under her wing or his wing, but one you really learned from and thought, I want to do it that way someday if I'm a coach. I mean, I grew up in Tennessee, so yeah. it was Pat Summit. Was it? Yeah. Um, growing yeah. up. and she From a distance probably, huh, a little bit? From a distance, but I grew up right next to where she grew up. So we were oh. 45 minutes, um, and she came and spoke to our high school. When really? I was in high school, I had a 6'7". Post player, oh. I could give it to her from half court. Just go stand. <laughs> I was always just like, just go put your head under the rim. I'll give it to you wherever. Um, so she was actually recruiting her, so she was at a lot of our games. Um, but yeah, I played AAU basketball in her high school all the time. We played against her high school, so it was the Pat Summit Shrine. We went to practices um, and, and watched them practice. Um, so I, I think from a distance, and I always think it's sad that she's no longer with us yeah. because. You know, she should be giving all this wisdom and knowledge mm-hmm. that maybe she's acquired. Um, but I, I like UConn women's basketball. I like teams that have had success. Yeah. And some people don't like that. They want the underdog, and, and I'm kind of like that too. But I also just study teams. You know, I just got a new book on Nick Saban. Maybe people aren't yeah. Alabama fans, yeah. but it's the leadership lessons of Nick Saban. Yeah. I think it came out in August of 22, and it just takes him through his journey of, you know, how he built Alabama, but his first job at Tulane and how, you know, his thought process when he got there and got everybody together and even the custodial people, how they were going to manage their area that they worked mm-hmm. in. And, and so to me, that's just leadership. It's leading and yeah. it, there's always room for improvement and growing. Wow. I love that. I might have to get that book or borrow it from you. <laughs> um, how about this? And you won't, you don't have a name, a name and you're not going to, but is there, is there a coach along the way that did some things that you played for or saw and you're like, I am never going to do it that way. <laughs> I'm sure there were. I, I'm sure there were. Um, I mean, I, I started at Montana State. Mm. That was my. I was 22 years old, and they released that coach from there. So wow. I saw some things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I think more. You know, one of my mentors. He works at Stephen F. Austin, a male, and he, I worked with with him for a lot of years. And we talk all the time of just managing teams and things that are going on with his team and our team. And, and so it's good to have, you know, those peers that understand what's going on. But also, I mean, he's had a lot of success. He's been in the NCAA tournament the last couple of years, won championships. So that's who I want to be mentored by. I want to hear through his lens of, you know, and even though we have the same things we're talking about, his team is just a little more veteran. Talking with Krista Matteo. She's the women's coach at UNC. How about a little round of applause for Coach? She's got off to a great start. Her team is 8-5. and five. We're going to talk about that when we come back. This is the Mark Larson State Farm Insurance Radio Coaches Show live from the Goat Sports Bar in Greeley. We're back in a moment on KFKA. Welcome back to the Mark Larson State Farm Insurance Radio Coaches Show here at the Goat Sports Bar in Greeley. We're talking with Krista Matteo, the women's coach, and uh, got some personal touch from me in the first segment. Now we're going to talk about your team. Uh, eight and five, it, when, I don't know if you did this or not, but if you looked at the schedule early on and thought, if we're eight and five at this point, I'm going to be happy, I'm going to be mad, I'm going to be in between, what was that like? I'm in between. I don't like to lose, yeah. so I would love to take a few off. The couple that we lost, we were leading to the very end, yeah. and then we just didn't walk away with the victory. So um, 
I'm happy with no losses. <laughs> yeah. All right, one and one in the conference. You guys wallop Weber State, 67-39. Get beat by Idaho State. I know that's a very good program, 63-42. Let's start with the Weber State game. Tell us about that one. Oh, I, I thought, you know, when you come back from Christmas break and you've had the extended time off, um, you you want to you want to see how your team's going to respond yeah. through that. And, and I thought we responded well. We we came out of the gates really fast. Uh, we had a twenty point lead at the end of the first quarter. Wow. So not something that I would have necessarily scripted up, but I thought we were pretty focused that game and set the tone. And you know whatever we did, we were putting that ball in the hole. And we shot the ball well. We defended even better. I think they scored thirty nine points. Uh, which is, you know, early on in the year, I, I didn't think we could hold teams into the 40s. It didn't feel like we were ever going to have those games. And then we finally had that game, you know, where we really locked in defensively. So th- that was that was encouraging. And, and, of course, to get that win in such dramatic fashion uh, in that first conference win, I think a little bit of a statement. All right, Idaho State after that, 63-42, you guys get beat. Tell us about that game. Just the opposite yeah, feel. Yeah. So we came out, did not shoot the, the basketball very well um, early on, and it was actually a close game throughout most of the game. Mm. Any moment we could have gone on a run. And uh, so we've talked about that game a lot the last couple of days. Uh, you talk about maturity of a team and how you respond to adversity, and I did not think we responded very well. Um, they were prepared, but not in those moments. So I, I think we go from the high of a great win to, you know, now making sure that we get in those moments again. We feel a lot better about pushing through. And, and, and when you have a younger team, adjustments are critical. You know, can they mentally make the changes and see what they need to change, you know, offensively or defensively? And, and I thought that's what got us. It, we, the game was not ever out of hand, but it was t- to some it felt like. So I, I think a, a great learning opportunity and, um, you know, an opportunity as we go on the road to make sure we're a little bit mentally tougher. Have you ever had a younger team than this? Ten Never. freshmen? We're the youngest in the nation. Great. We're Are the you really? in the country, yeah. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I should know that. If it's ten freshmen, that's probably right. <laughs> well, I should have I thought that. Okay, you're talking about defense. I was looking at some numbers today, Kristen. Uh, you held the opponents at 39% shooting overall. Got to be pleased with that, right? Yeah, I think that's pretty good. It, it could be even lower. I think we're number one right now in the conference if you just look at conference stats from the defensive side. But mm-hmm. – um, it's we always say defense travels. That's one thing you can bring with yeah. you to the court, and uh, there's a gritty and toughness that you kind of have to have to to make it miserable for the other team. You know, it's interesting you say that. The the one time in 20 years in the NBA, I actually got to interview Michael Jordan. It was after a game in Denver. They, they he actually came out and talked to us, um, and he's. I said, "What's the key to winning on the road?" He said, "You set the tone defensively." That's what you said, right? That's what you yeah. do. Tra- defense travels. Well, I guess Mike and I think the same you way. You do, I yeah. Don't yeah. But that's what made Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant and some of those players so good is they played both ends of the floor, yeah. and they took pride in that. And uh, and you have to. You have to love that end of the floor, especially like for this week as we're going to be on the road playing in front of three or 4,000 people. You have to use that as an advantage. 29% uh, opponents three-point shooting. That's a pretty good number, too, isn't it, Coach? I think so. We play a, we play a zone, and we change our defenses up. So I, I think some people think more threes will go go up against a zone, and that's that's the truth. But we want to run people off that three-point line and, and, and not let that be dictated. Hannah Simmontel, uh, we had her on the show last year, and, and you, uh, you've talked about her a lot, but averaging 16 points a game, 46% on threes, and she's hit 54 out of 58 at the free throw line. I think she's missed one free throw in the fourth quarter. Yeah, Hannah is it's number amazing. 25 in the country right now in three-point shooting she? percentage. 
So I did the math the other day because we actually, you know, shot selection matters. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have some players shooting and then you have Hannah mm, yeah. <laughs> who can shoot the ball. And so just everybody, you want everybody to have freedom to shoot it. But Hannah, you know, there's almost, if there's over 350 schools times, say, 14 on a team, that's almost 5,000 people. And she's number 25 wow. in the nation. And actually, Delaney Byrne is number 138. So really even as good a shooter as she is, Hannah is still like 100 more in front of her. So her shooting and her ability, just the accuracy, there's not a lot of movement in the shot. If she can get the look, now we have to help her sometimes, but she does a good job of getting in the gym and, and making sure the shot is right. And then, of course, from the free throw line, uh, is that yeah. the other piece yeah. we talked about? Yeah. You know, she has led. Yeah, she's led to, at one point, she was 95%, and now it's a top in the country, too, but she led the conference as well. And, and it should go hand in hand. Yeah. If you can shoot the three, you should be able to put that ball in the hole from the free throw line. I know some guys that don't do that, though. <laughs> Better three point shooters than free throw. <laughs> I've never figured that one out either. Um, uh, you probably know this, but when I had Hannah on last year and I was talking about her shooting, and I said, you know, what, what's your background? How did you become such a good shooter? And she said, well, what I think really helped was my dad and I went to the gym every morning during the summer, and I shot a 1,000 shots. It's like, well, yeah, that's probably going to help you a little bit. Yeah. Well, how about that work ethic? And her dad's at all the games. Uh, uh, he's actually the head coach at um, Pueblo West yeah. High School right now. Yeah. And that has been his dream is to retire and just coach coach uh, basketball so yeah that has been her mentor and she's a, definitely a daddy's girl uh we're gonna actually see her sister Haley, who's a director of basketball ops at montana oh. this is her first year here this weekend so and her brother plays college basketball her, or did right her brother's at regis finishing okay. his last okay. season yeah. of college basketball oh, too no, so basketball family i mean yeah. it's in their blood wow that that's awesome she can't get enough of it right <laughs> i mean she goes to her brother's games she obviously keeps track of her sister i tried to tell her to get us some scoop on montana <laughs> here and there if you can <laughs> but um <laughs> Who else on this team that, that has you got the 10 freshmen that, that have come along maybe quicker than you thought they would, really happy with? Well, I, I think Gabrielle Fields continues yeah. to. She's got you know, great numbers. She did, and she had the 36-point game against Colorado State, and unfortunately I think for her she maybe thinks a 10-point game isn't good anymore mm-hmm. because she had that high. But she's been great. And, and really De- Delaney Byrne is our other senior leader. She's not senior, but junior leader that just shows up consistently for us. And, and, and she's in, she impacts the game every day, but more importantly, she helps. So every other post player around her is a freshman. Mm. So you talk about leadership and mentorship, and, and I've seen her get so excited for when her teammates are succeeding and figuring things out, and then I've seen her lead and get on to them. So I think she's been a critical piece to our success this season, and she's a quiet leader. Mm. You know, she don't always see that vocal, but what she does is just show up every day. And, and her length and size is critical. She's about 6'3", yeah. um, and she shoots the three. There's not It's a matchup problem for a lot of people you know that are having to guard that size and length on the perimeter and she could rebound too right yeah absolutely yeah um you guys got montana montana state coming up right on mm-hmm. the road is that as difficult those two games on the road as it is for the men over the years or are those two teams as, as good as uh, advertised uh, the montanas get a great support you yeah. know great home support as we said three or four thousand people will be yeah. in those stands there's nothing else to do in Montana. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, I think I, I lived in, nope. I coached at Montana State. So there's not a lot to, to do. So I really think they have a great following. But I personally, I like playing at home, but I like going on the road too. Yeah. Uh, I like that challenge of being in a different environment and adjusting quickly to a different, you know, arena and what that feels like. But I like going on the road it, as long as the weather allows us to travel, yeah, exactly. um, which I think it will. 
but I think it's going to, with a lot of newness, you know, we're going to have a lot of new players that are stepping into these arenas, this conference play that will be, you know, they're just going to get a feel. It's going to be a learning opportunity for a lot of us. One more question. It made me think about something. George Carl, the old Nuggets coach, and he'll be in the Hall of Fame someday, used to say all the time, it's sometimes good to get on the road to get away from all distractions at home. Players get away from their families and the tickets and all that, and they just kind of come together. Can that happen in college with your girls? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's as simple as you're not doing laundry the night before the game because I know I have them in a hotel room, you know, focused on what's going to happen. So I I think there is something about getting away from your environment, and hopefully you got a good bed and a good pillow in those hotel rooms and you can get caught up on your sleep. But uh, it's we talk about being a business trip, so there's some focus behind what we're doing, and then we try to enjoy some of those moments in the cities that we travel in because that's part of your college experience as well is – you know, just getting to see the world as you're playing the sport that you love. Chris, it's so great to see you. I I just love talking to you. I could talk to you all night here about basketball, but thanks for taking the time today and good luck coming up on that road trip and uh, eight and five start. Uh, I'm, I'm happy for, I'm excited for you, especially with 10 freshmen. So keep up the good work. Thank you, Jerry. Appreciate it. All right. All right. There she is. The women's coach at UNC doing a great job in her second year. Kristen Matteo. We'll take a break. We'll come back with the men's head coach, Steve Smiley, just uh, entered the building. Back in a moment, this is the Coaches Show, brought to you by Mark Larson State Farm Insurance, right here on KFKA. Welcome back to the Goat Sports Bar here in Greeley on a cold Tuesday night with the Coaches Show, brought to you by Mark Larson State Farm Insurance. We just had Krista Matillo on, the women's coach, and now we're joined by Steve Smiley, the men's coach at UNC. Uh, Got to ask you about your Christmas first. Everything went well Christmas-wise? Yeah, it, you know, Christmas was good. We um, we got five days, which which is at this level, like people don't know, like that's a lot. Yeah. You know, usually you're going to have um, as, as, as few as two days, three days. Um, and then what was really good about it is that we played Air Force. The guys left the next day. That following night or whatever it was, which I think was when we had the coaches show, is when the blizzard hit. Yeah. And then – Yeah, I barely got home. I know, Steve. I, hey, I – You offered you. I, I know you did. You. I appreciate but, that. But, uh, you know, that next day, you know, the blizzard hits and then all the travel and the airlines yeah. and stuff. So, so many teams that played one day later, later than us, they couldn't get home. Oh, man. In fact, you know, the, the boys up in Wyoming, you know, a lot of my buddies, um, they could not get back from Phoenix – to denver oh. they had to bus from phoenix to laramie 14 hours oh. and, and so they you know they, they, their christmas was ruined and southern utah who played cu yeah um their flight got canceled and so they had to bus all the way back to cedar city they utah took like oh yeah oh. Took 12 hours yeah <laughs> i've done that one too so yeah they're not fun so we, we at least got uh got got, you know, got a good five days and it was great all right. Kristen was telling us about her uh, personal Christmas. Uh, she's Italian. She went home, and they made this gigantic Italian spread with food on Christmas Sounds Eve. lovely. It does, doesn't it? How about you guys? What, I need the invite next year by <laughs> Coach Because you got, you got family in Denver. <laughs> you got family in Denver. You got family in Cheyenne. How would you guys uh, juggle that yeah, this year? Yeah, no, so, so what we did is um, uh, on the 23rd, we actually went to the Nuggets game. Um, got a chance oh, yeah, to go you down told to the Nuggets. That. And that was awesome. You know, we got a chance to, to go down, and, and we have a, a, a – loose relationship with with Damian Lillard and, and um we were able to get tickets and then get kind of the, the backstage passes nice. and you know my son that's that's his idol and so to see Dame it's been about six years and and I showed Dame that you know the old school pictures when he was a little baby and stuff and we got like four different ages of picture with Dame and and that was really fun it was a great game and then uh yes yeah, so going into Christmas uh mom and brother came up on Christmas Eve 
and stayed the night. And then Christmas Day went to the in-laws in Cheyenne and just had a good time. It was great to kind of, you know, unwind a little bit and, and take, take a, a quick pause. Got to ask you about your son who tore ligaments yeah, in his ankle man. in a cast now. Update us on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shoot, they're, they're playing right now down in South Denver. and uh. So it's his first actual game he's missing. So yeah, it's, I feel bad for him. But at the same time, he'll be out of the cast in about 10 days. And, and then how quickly he can rehab, which could be as short as one week, as long as two weeks. He'll be back. I mean, he'll get back to the last 8, 10, 12 games of the year in the playoffs. So could have been worse. But, man, having that dude in the cast for a few weeks, as active as he is, it's it's just brutal. Just, yeah. like, just the day-to-day of it. You know, yeah. so, but he'll be fine. And you feel bad for him, too, because you bad. want him on the court. You yeah. feel bad because he feels bad, all that. Um, mentioned the Nuggets game and having a great time there. Growing up in Denver in the area, big Nuggets fan? Yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah old-school stuff, you know, English and Michael Adams. Oh, and, yeah. And then uh, kind of just moving up through, you know, throughout the ranks. Um, you know, Antonio McDyess, just guys that, like, you know, on the outside, people are like, who are these guys? But, like, they're great players. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I love the Nuggets. And then, you know, when, when uh, we had the era with Chauncey and the one run with Carmelo was great. Um, and so I've always liked the Nuggets. Obviously, they're really good now. And so it's really fun to watch them, too. And I'm trying to get, get my son to say, hey, listen, you can be a Dame guy. But when he's not playing – be a Nuggets guy. Yeah. So I'm trying to get him through to that. But these kids these days, they don't care about teams. They just care about players. I know. But I, I am a Nuggets guy. I see, I'm so with you. I was just yes. telling someone else the other day about that because you need to take it advantage of what the Nuggets are right now. They're, oh. a, they're a championship-caliber team. They are. Talent-wise, anyway. Yeah. They're amazing, and they're fun to watch, and, you know, just, just the whole thing. So they, they have a real chance this year. Now, I think, like, six to eight teams have a chance, but, yeah. but they have a real chance. Uh, I, I, I read the stat uh, yesterday, in fact. Uh, Nikola Jokic averaged a triple-double in the month of December. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, first time in 41 years somebody had done it in one month. Jeez. And here's another good stat for you, Jerry. 40 players scored f- or 40 times in the month of December uh, a player scored 40-plus points. See, that's amazing, too. First time in NBA history. That Is that was on, right? That was on December 30th that the stat came out. 40 40 point games in the month of December. That is crazy. Cra- like just what, how talented the league is. What it is it is it the talent level, Steve, or is yeah, it well, the the defensive rules have changed a little rules. bit? Yeah. You know the, the you know the rules allow for the spacing for you to be able to to attack matchups one on one. That that's the biggest thing. But still, yeah. I mean, these guys are playing a lot harder than people think. Well, they don't play hard to the playoffs. You yeah, know it. You you you've, you know is, do it, doing your announcing with the Nuggets. Yep. You know how hard these guys play. It's yeah. if you get down to like floor level and you watch a game, you're like whoa. I don't yeah. like, you can't see it on TV, but I do think the spacing. I just think the the you know offense, good offense will be good defense in the pros. These guys are so good; they're just so talented. I had a friend who said forever. He said, "All oh, in the NBA, every team doesn't play defense till the fourth quarter." I'm going, "Okay, I'm going to bring you courtside, let you side. sit with me during yep. a game." And he was there for one quarter. Like, man, you're right. I was wrong all it, these years. It blows your mind. My, yeah. my brother at the same game. My brother got got some courtside tickets with one of his buddies and. Yeah, and he's more of a football guy than basketball guy. And he was like, I had no idea how hard these guys yeah. played and how big they are. Yes. People just don't know. Yeah. Like, it's just a, when it's you, a different world. When you sit courtside like that and you see how big they are oh. and how they move, Steve, oh, crazy. it is crazy, isn't it's it? Crazy. And then they can shoot and dribble yep. and do all this they stuff, all too. It, so. I was amazed for, for 20 years, every single game, yep. sitting there watching these guys going, I can't believe they can do this. People have no idea. Like, and they, they, you know, the kids are like, yeah, I think I'll be in the league. And you start laughing. You're like, yeah, oh, man. okay. Good luck. You yeah. know, like, I hope you are, but it's yeah. 
It ain't that easy. Was there another like player that you liked around the league that came to Denver once in a while? Maybe was there a Kobe Bryant or somebody that you, hey, when, when he's coming to town, I want to go to the game? Uh, you know, more of the Jordan stuff was my age, and not to date myself, but um, but I did get to one game where Michael Jordan played, and, and we still have the old, you know, the old glossy pictures, uh, you know, whatever those are, five by sevens, and just a stack of them, just random <laughs> pictures of Jordan in the game. But he was my idol growing up. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think throughout the years, and like, yeah, you know, Kobe's and all those guys. But I didn't go to a ton of games uh, growing up. I, I remember going to that Jordan Bulls game when I was in college. Me and three teammates drove during our spring break to watch Jordan with the Wizards. Oh, did you really? We saw him when he was with the Wizards. We got yeah. out of here for one of those games. But um, I didn't really start going until, honestly, like, you know, get, getting into uh, my adult life. And and um, and that's when it started getting, getting really fun. I got a chance to meet some of the Nuggets assistants and, so if I need a lifeline to get a ticket, I usually can get one, and it's pretty fun. Yeah. You ever been uh, – it's a long shot, but old Chicago Stadium no. before they, they played no. in the United Center? I heard it's awesome. That place was incredible, yeah. Steve. And, and the, in the early 90s when I started doing uh, the NBA Timberwolves and then the, the Nuggets, they were in that building, yeah. I think, for five or six seasons that I did games there. Yeah. See, it was so incredibly loud. You couldn't even hear yourself like That's this. I, I cranked my headset up, but I still couldn't hear my voice. That's what I heard. Just, just it was, awesome. Yeah, it was You, you needed the noise-canceling headphones yeah, exactly. today, man. The we beats. Didn't, you needed we the didn't, beats. We didn't have those back then. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, one particular game growing up, Nuggets game, that kind of stands out. Like, oh, man, I was there for this one. Anything hit you? No, I, I remember the game. Um, what was our guy? Um, you had Mike Mood, but you had uh, the guy before him. It was Michael Adams. Michael Adams, right? Okay. Where he had like you know a forty or fifty point game. I, yeah. remember, I remember being at one of those games, and he was he was just before his time, right? He would have been perfect in today's NBA, just yeah. chucking up shots. Oh, and, for sure. But he had a great game. I still kind of remember that as a kid. So yeah, yeah. All right, Michael Adams fan then. I oh, mean, obviously sure, the man. guy wasn't very for big. Sure. Yep. And he was just a point guard that could shoot. Yep. And then you know Lever. I uh, so when I was at Weaver State, Garrett Lever was was our other assistant, mm. Fat Lever's kid. Oh. And so that was kind of fun, too, you know, because, you know, Fat was a, just a great player growing up as well. So and got, got to work with this kid who's a, one of my best friends now and a great, great person. One of the guys that I, I admired so much, and you mentioned his name, was, was Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, the old, yeah, the old yep. Chris Jackson. There's a guy that was five foot ten and a half, maybe, Steve, and he could score at will. Yep. That He's guy like, was amazing. Kind of like a little Curry before yes, Curry. Yes, exactly. You know, a shorter people, Curry. People had no idea how good he was. And, and, and you watch him, some of the old films of the way he – how quick he shoots yep. and the way he, he maneuvers to get open, just like Seth Curry. Yep. It's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And then, uh, then he made 77 free throws in a row. It's crazy. That's, that's yeah. pretty good, too, that's isn't it? it? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. All right. Besides, we're going to get to your team, I promise. We'll do that in a second. I enjoy talking time. about NBA history. Yeah, this is what the people want to hear. Yeah, this they want to hear NBA history. Yeah, and especially when you're 0-2 in the big sky. Yeah, yeah they, no, they don't I'm, hear I'm about joking. No, you're, hey, you're not wrong, man. I'm, you're not I'm, wrong. I am, I am joking about <laughs> that. We can deflect as long as you want. <laughs> uh, you know, when we did the Ed McCaffrey show here, we did that a lot, too. Did I'll you? tell you that. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Um, other, did you play – I don't think I've ever asked you this. Did you play other sports growing up besides basketball? What did you play? Yeah. Well, uh, baseball and football. Okay. Um, and then in high school, baseball died at some, you know, probably like fifth, sixth grade. Football through my freshman year in high school. Okay. And so um, after my freshman year, after that, I just specialized in basketball. But I did play through through freshman year and had a good experience. And then, and then it was just hoops after that. You're built like a wide receiver, quarterback, maybe defensive maybe back. Like, maybe like a D back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like a D back. But yeah. you you got a good size for a receiver oh, too. Sure. What'd you play? Uh, that's why, that's why I only played one year in high school. I played quarterback. I didn't nice. want to play quarterback. 
Really? Our high school had so many kids, you could only play one side of the ball. I wanted to be on defense, which is kind of was, really? was my specialty. My brother was the star quarterback on the, on the varsity. Oh, he, he was? was. Okay. like, hey, you're going to be the quarterback. I said, I don't want to do that. Wow. He said, well, you're going to be the quarterback. So <laughs> I pretty much just forced it. After that, I was done. I was, I was out of the sport. See, mo- most of the time, it's the opposite. I want to play quarterback. No, you can't play quarterback. You do something else. Oh, yeah, and no, then they, they quit. Yeah, and it was fine, but... Uh, I just I was not my he was a really good player he was a college quarterback he was elite he was really? three inches taller like he was built like a real quarterback where did he play he was at Western State oh yep, okay Gunnison and so right. he, he played there and that's where him and Jeff Linder were roommates and oh. as the story goes and so I did not know that oh yeah but you know I just I would rather be on defense running around and hitting people and stuff like was that you? as opposed to trying to read you know all this. You know, it's just, it wasn't my deal. <laughs> too complicated. So, yeah, I didn't want that. Because normally point guards want to play quarterback. That's what they thought. And I was like, yeah, I can do it on the, on the basketball court, not in football. Yeah. I was a bunch of dudes running around trying to just kill me. I'd rather be that guy on the other end. <laughs> did, you, did you ever have a time in high school, sophomore, junior, senior year where, like, maybe I should have played football? I kind of uh, regret this. Our senior bit. year, we were really good. I think we lost in the Final Four. Um, I went to Pomona High School, and they were really good. There we go. The um, – um, the coach was, was uh, Gary Klatt, famous coach. Yeah. And his son, Joel Klatt, everyone watched him on yep. TV. And he was one of my best friends, and he was a year younger. And so there was some pressure to play my senior year and kind of just one more ride and didn't do it. Uh, and I think it was the right move, but there was some pressure to do it. Yeah, I yeah. got you. All right. We're going to take a break. We'll come back and talk some more with Steve Smiley. We'll get to his team, I promise Bears, you. Bears, We got the Bears. We'll get, we'll get to that team in a moment. They're 0-2 in the Big Sky Conference. Two interesting games so far and two crucial games coming up against two very good teams. This is the Mark Larson State Farm Insurance Coaches Show live from the Goat Sports Bar in Greeley. Back in a moment on KFKA. Welcome back, folks, to the uh, sports bar called The Goat in Greeley here. This is the UNC Coaches Show brought to you by Mark Larson State Farm Insurance. Mark himself is in the house tonight. We're talking with Steve Smiley now, the head coach for the men. And, Steve, I'm going to ask you about the two big sky games that you guys yep. have played. You've gone 0-2. I know you're really disappointed in the Weber State game. I talked to, you, yep. uh, talked to you after that one. What about the next game, Idaho State? Didn't get a chance to talk to you after that. Yeah, you know, I think uh, obviously, you know, 0-2, uh, you know, the easy way out is to say, well, it's two road games. But that's just not who we are. I mean, we, we, we expect to win all those games. And you're not going to win them all, but there's going to be a level of, of disappointment, you know, when you fall short of your goals. Um, with that being said, the, the Idaho State game, I was really pleased with our effort. Mm-hmm. Um, just a couple of crucial mistakes or the way that you got to guard those guys is, um, is, is fairly specific. And for the first half, you know, we were up 32-22 with two minutes left guarding and just yeah. doing a great job. And we were changing some defenses up. We really had them, had them on their heels. And nothing changed the last two minutes other than we made a couple just crucial, we call them scout mistakes. And those would be things that we've spent time on the last two practices. Like, hey, you cannot mess this up. Mm-hmm. And we're going to work on it. If, if, if we've worked on it, emphasize it in film, and you mess it up, we, you know, we call that a scout mistake. And we actually grade all that stuff out. And we made two crucial scout mistakes. And uh, their backup guard, Aaron Bergen, hit two threes on him. It went from 32-22 to 32-28 like that. And then we had the last shot of the first half to go, in, go into the um, uh, locker room up four, five, six, seven. Mm-hmm. The last shot. Um, we got a good look. You know, we, we kind of went to kind of we call it like a rub action. And, and, and Matt got a good look. He, he burst out from the rub, um, missed it. Probably could have drove it. But either way, he got a, you know, he's a great shooter, got a, got a great look. Rebounds bouncing around, and we got a foul uh, on the rebound from Brock Wisney. Wasn't a huge deal in the sense of it, they were not in the bonus, but if he didn't foul, and it was probably a foul he didn't need to commit. 
if he didn't foul at that point in time, the shot clock's probably going to bounce out. There's only one second left or something like that, 1.5 seconds left. So they got to go full court. And they, th- they, they throw, you know, just a basic Christian Leitner, Hail Mary. We had the guys in the right position. The ball goes through two of our guys' hands. They're in the right spot. Can't grab the ball. The ball bounces off the second guy. Their guy grabs it and makes, like, literally a Christian Leitner type of shot. Um, weirdest shot ever. Hits it. And so now we're uh, only up two going into the half. And that was really disappointing. Uh, just not just that, but just to finish it that way. And it's just funny between that shot and then Air Force. Uh, we got the lead, you know, last shot of the half. They come down, though, uh, and hit, you know, basically a miracle 19-foot bank shot straight on over three guys. And we lose that game in the last shot of the game. Mm-hmm. So that's how that's the fine line between winning and losing. And I'd be feeling a lot better if we were seven and seven than five and nine right now. But that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Idaho State, I, th- I thought we played really hard. I thought we really competed well. Um, we got got back to what we should look like. I, I you know Weaver State. I, I didn't know what that team was, and that's I guess on me. But um, I thought we looked a lot better against Idaho State. And just came down, you know, we, we, you know, the game goes to overtime, and they made a few more plays than we did. But I felt better about it, to answer your question. You were talking about that uh, going to halftime up 32-30, to 30, and I said a couple of things. Number one, I watched the replay a couple of times. Um, the clock operator had a very slow reaction. Is that what it was? Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was the longest 1.6 seconds in history, by it's the impressive. way. Yeah. 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 yeah it's, and so that, probably sh- that shot probably should not have happened. Yeah. And the second thing was I made this comment, I'm like, Steve's team is up 30 uh, on the radio. Steve's team's up 32 to 30, but he might be the most unhappy coach right now with a lead at halftime that oh, I've yeah. ever seen. Is that, was that the case? Uh, yeah, I mean. Because he honest, just let him back in a game. That, and, and I was really irate, too, that, you know, we had um, 45 seconds left. We call it a two-for-one. We had the ball 45 seconds left. It's called a quick two-for-one because if you make a shot in the first half, the clock doesn't stop. It keeps yeah. going. And yeah. so you got to get that shot off at about 40 Um to force them to get a shot in their 30-second shot clock and still get the last shot. You're trying to get two possessions to their one, and that's the little detail of, of what college basketball is. In the NBA, you get that four times, at least three times in the first, second, third quarter. You get it one time in college, first half. We had the ball, uh, 45 seconds left. Ball was on the sideline in, in a weird spot, called a time, our, our one time out that you have to use it or lose it. And we got exactly what we wanted. We threw the ball to Dalton, isolated it in kind of a weird spot on the right side, I thought, he, I thought he did a great job of not taking a bad shot. I thought he got fouled. Uh, like, I thought he got really fouled. Mm-hmm. And no call. And they came down. That's when they hit their second three. And so I, I was irate for a lot of re- you know, reasons. That, yeah, we were up. But um, I thought our guys did a good job managing that situation. Um, and instead of us getting, you know, possibly free throws, they ended up hitting a three. But, again, it is what it is. And, you know, that was a good half that we didn't end well. I, I, the, the start of the second half was, was not good. Um, yeah. And it's the first time I've seen that from our guys in a while, that it just wasn't good. It just wasn't detailed. They got the lead. And then we eventually kind of fought back and clawed back at the end. But, um, you know, we, we just have to play better. At the, at the end of the day, we, 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 we've got to be better. I thought your effort to get the game tied in regulation, get to overtime, was a good one. Did yeah. you think so, too? I mean, oh, you guys yeah. did some really good things to get to yep. overtime. You know, down six with a minute left, and we, we, yeah. we caught up, and, and we did everything right. We got a couple turnovers in, in the full court. Um, you know, they uh, they were 31 for 35 from the free throw That's line overall in the too. game. Yeah. So, you know, if we foul, it's yeah, it's just crazy. But, you know, give them credit. But I, I do think in getting that last stop, two-point game, we didn't foul. Came down. They threw it to the big boy. Um, he missed a shot. Riley got a great rebound. We got it to Dalen with 14 seconds left. You know, I'm not going to call a timeout in that situation. we got to get a good bucket, and we're so good in transition. And the ball ended up going to Dalen. Dalen did a great job going down full court. 
couldn't find a shot, couldn't find a shot, stayed with it, got to the rim, got fouled, um, you know, um, made both free throws. That, that's what got it to overtime. But, uh, it, you know, I thought at the end of the day our effort was really good, and then just in overtime just really, you know, um, we got to stop in the first possession. They got the jump ball. We got to stop. There was a foul on the, on the offensive rebound. And so, again, foul equals two, two points for them. You know, we got to stop. We just didn't get the rebound. And so those are the things that we got to find a way to get done, like closing possessions. Um, and they, just little things like that. Do you shake your head when a team comes into a game shooting, I think, 75%, 76% free throw, and they go, they go 31 for 35? You've you got to be just like, what? It's really good, what? man. It's, it's, you know, they had a kid that was 64% and went 10 for 10. Yes. But give him credit. He went yes. 10 for 10. I mean, you know, players got to make plays. And, and, they, you know, the crazy thing is I think in overtime they took – I think it was like 21 or 25 free throws in overtime. Now, we yeah. had to foul them in, in, in this yeah. and that, but, like, they didn't miss any of them, you know, and, and that's how you win or lose games. I think made 17 in a row one time. It had to be all in overtime. Yeah, yeah. Just, it was, you know, I mean, it was it was the longest overtime ever, and we had looks, we had opportunities to, to, to obviously win that game before we had to get to the foul game, and we just didn't get it done. How about uh, the work of Dalton Connect? He's yeah. averaging 19 points and eight rebounds a game. Incredible numbers, Steve. Some of the best in the, in the big sky when you combine the, the, the pre-conference yeah. uh, stats. Talk about this guy and his development. Yeah, that. And then I think in, in league plays, leading the league in scoring at 25 and a half a game. That's two games, but still. Um, his development's been great. Um, I think, you know, one, you know, that second year for a junior college player, they're always going to be better um, if they work as hard as a guy like Dalton does because they just learn the game more. They learn the system. The game slows down. Junior college, and I, I was a head coach at, at junior college for six years, and very rarely did a guy, even very good players like Dalton, when they got to their Division One school, very rarely did they just impact it right away. Mm-hmm. You know, Dalton had about as good of a, of a junior year as, as a junior college guy as I've seen, got hurt halfway through, but we all knew he was really good. I just think that he's been – um, the game slowed down for him. His rebounding effort's gone through the roof. I think he's averaging, like I said, like eight rebounds a game. And so th- those are little things. He's gotten better on the defensive end. So, But his confidence level. Yeah. Um, you can see it in his body language. Yeah, like it's, it, it, it's gone through the roof. So he's playing great, and we need him to play great. All right, you got a tough one uh, couple this week. Yeah. you got the Thursday and Saturday with the Montana schools. Talk yep. about those matchups. Yeah, they're both really good teams. Um, you know, they're both. One and one. They both lost home games last week in the yeah. Eastern Washington. I, I just think our league is so balanced. So it's so close. Sure and that's why, like you know, we, we, we could be two and zero with two great road wins. We're not. Um, we just met, messed up a couple of plays here and there. But I think both these games are going to be really good games, really close games. Uh, Montana State returns. You know, Jabril Bella, who's the, the player of the year. But you know, Raekwon Battle. He's kind of like Dalton. That Raekwon was a good player from last year. Now he's their leading scorer. He's their predominant threat for those guys. Um, they're going to run the same stuff. Same system. They're going to be tough. They're going to be well coached. I got a lot of respect for Coach Sprinkle, who, who's their head coach. Um, and so you have to go win that game. They're not going to just give it to you. Yeah. They got some good transfers in it. You know, they lost a lot with Bishop Adamu, Muhammad, three elite old players. Yep. So they lost a lot, and they're they're a different team, but still very solid. And then Montana, I haven't spent as much time on them, but um, <clears throat> very similar to what they've been in the past. You know, they're shooting it really well, but they're going to be really well coached and play really hard, too. So it's going to be a physical weekend for the boys. <laughs> it's going to be a lot it's of good. fun, though. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it still boggles my mind that we're into January, and you guys have played four home games. It's hard, man. It's Isn't that hard. something? We always try to teach our guys, like, the bigger lessons of life to not make, you know, excuses and, you know, whatever. But it is January, and we played four home games. Yeah. And it's hard. You know, you, you keep you know, rallying the troops, and we played ten road games. 
And so, you know, for every home game, that's two and a half road games, if, if my math is correct. Good call. And it's, it's just hard. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, you keep fighting that fight, and we'll be fine, it's, and we're going to be better because of it. But four home games. Yeah. And, and so yeah. I think we've played one home game since November, you know. <laughs> my and gosh. so we're excited to be home. You know, I think it's a good thing. We're excited about it. We just got to. We just gotta be ready to go and, and just compete every possession. That's the biggest thing. Just, just getting our edge on every 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 possession. That's yeah. the biggest thing. Looking forward to Thursday and Saturday. Thank you, Steve. Thanks okay. for stopping Thanks, in. Jerry. Steve Smiley, head coach for the men with the UNC Bears, as his team has uh, got a couple of tough ones coming up on Thursday and on Saturday, Montana State and then Montana. But look at it back on the winning track after two lo- tough losses. And like Steve said, easily could be at this point two and zero with two great road wins, but. Like we always say, it is what it is, and hopefully get back on track and get to even, get to 2-2 two and two after this weekend with Montana and Montana State. Special thanks to Mark Larson and his group. Mark Larson, State Farm Insurance. Mark's in the house, as he normally is. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for the sponsorship. Good to see you again tonight. That'll do it for our show. I'm Jerry Schimmel on KFI.